talk about him. I want you to take your Bibles, if you will, and turn to the book of Revelation. Once again, the book of Revelation and chapter number 4, Revelation chapter number 4. And we want to go just a little further in our, uh, in our, our series here on Sunday morning as we're preaching on biblical prophecy. And uh, so I hadn't figured out what this is yet. I, this is sort of like sermon meets Bible study. This is going to be a little bit of both. Um, and there's some, there is some preach in this outline, but there's a lot of teach in this outline as well. And uh, I think that's all good. And so I want you to look, if you will, Revelation chapter 4. And when you find your places, if you're able to stand with us, let's all stand today out of respect for the reading of God's Word. I'm going to read down, uh, we're going to read down through verse number, uh, I'll tell you what let's do. And it's only 11 verses. Let's just read the whole chapter. Uh, Revelation 4 and verse 1. After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. And there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight like into an emerald. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats. And upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion, and the second beast like a calf. And the third beast had a face as a man. And the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within. And they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. You may be seated. Uh, you may be seated. And uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I changed my I changed my title this morning. Not the message, but I changed my title this morning. And just for a few moments, I want to talk to you about this subject after the rapture. After the rapture. I started to call this our first day in heaven. Now, I knew I'd preached the message on that. And so I went back and looked at my file and I did. I preached the message on our first day in heaven in 2014. And, um, but, but I changed it because I, I want to I speak to you more a little bit about this after the rapture. And so let's go to the Lord and then we're going to really dig. We're going to do some digging today. So keep your Bibles open and we're going to look in our Bibles quite a bit today. And so let's go to the Lord and ask the Lord to help us as we study his word today. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for the privilege to be here today. And Lord, we've so enjoyed the music. We've so enjoyed the congregational singing and the choir and that wonderful, special, Lord, a reminder, he's all I need. 
And uh, Lord, to me at least, it seems like the services went about 100 miles an hour. And it just seems like we've been here just a few moments. And we're already at the preaching time. But Lord, I pray that our hearts have been prepped. And I pray that we're ready to receive something from your precious word. Now, Lord, just for a few moments, help us to phase out everything. Help us to forget about what we're getting ready to do after the service. Help us to forget about food. Help us to forget about burdens, problems. And God, just for a few moments, help us to, to, to focus in on what you have for us from your word. Lord, if people have ever listened to a message, I think this is one they need to really pay attention to. And so Holy Spirit, speak to us. Teach us your word. And Heavenly Father, I, I am especially today, I'm sensing my need of your help. And I'm, I'm sensing, Lord, my weakness and my inability to do what I need to do right now. So Holy Spirit, somehow I pray that you'd work past me and in spite of me and through me, and I yield myself to you. And God, we pray that Jesus will receive glory and praise and honor from all that's done. In his precious name we pray, and for his sake, and all God's people said, amen. Well, last Sunday morning, if you were a part of the service, we talked about the rapture of the church. We called it, uh, we called it the first event in, on God's prophetic calendar, the rapture of the church. And it's during the rapture of the church that believers will be called away to meet the Lord in the air. Immediately after that, the Bible says that the earth will begin to experience seven years of tribulation. The first three and a half will be like nothing the world has ever seen. Um, a quarter of the world's population will die in the first three and a half. But actually, the Bible says the last three and a half will be considered great tribulation. And the last three and a half will be like, will, will be uh, not comparable to the first three and a half. And literally in that last three and a half, the, wor the world as we know it will be in self-destruct mode. But, and I'm going to be honest, that's the direction I thought we were going to head today. Uh, but the Lord began to lead me a little different way. And so I'm going to try to do my best to, to mind the Lord today. So before we get to the tribulation, and before we even get to the what we would call the judgment seat of Christ, and we're going to be dealing with all those different events. But before we get to any of that, I want to go back. Sort of, I want to couple this message to last Sunday, and I want to deal with this subject, what happens to believers once they're called away? And so we know the rapture of the church is going to be that first event. could be today. It could be today. be a great day for the Lord to come again. Somebody said right before the 11 o'clock service started, man, it started getting real dark outside. I told our guys, I said, man, maybe today's the day. I mean, maybe, maybe the Lord's going to come. And we know this. We learned last Sunday morning that the rapture of the church is what we call imminent. There's nothing that necessarily has to be fulfilled before that takes place. We know it's, it, is, it is overhanging. It's, it, it's, getting ready. it's getting ready to happen. But when the rapture of the church does take place, what's going to happen to those believers that are called away. Well, I want to draw your attention to Revelation chapter 4 today. And I'm going to be honest with you, we cannot read Revelation chapter 4 without noticing what I'm going to call the process of our entrance into heaven. Have you ever wondered about that? What's it going to be like? 
When you and I are called away or, or if some of us are called away before the rapture of the church takes place, what's it going to be like? That's why I started to call this our first day in heaven, but I changed it just a little bit. What's that experience going to be like? Well, rapture cha- uh, Revelation chapter four is a type of the rapture. And the apostle John, I believe at least, is a type of the believer at the rapture. Now, there's a number of reasons we believe that. Uh, how about this? We believe this in part because the church is mentioned at least 18 times within the first three chapters of the book of Revelation. If you read the first three chapters of Revelation, you'll find that word church mentioned over and over and over and over again. But then we come to Revelation 4 and verse 1, and we believe that's a type of the rapture, the rapture of the church. And it's interesting that after that, after the church is called away, the church is not mentioned again until the very last chapter of the book. And so we believe that this is talking about the rapture of the church. And in this rapture, John, being a type of the believer, John is called away from this earth. He's called away from the earthly. He's called away from what we would consider to be the natural realm. And he's called away into a very supernatural realm. But this is where I want to go with this message today. Once John, a type of believer, Once John is called away, I want you to notice the first thing John experiences is a throne. The first thing that John experiences is the throne of God. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. This goes against, this sort of goes against some conventional teaching. It really sort of goes against some of the things that you and I have all grown up hearing in some of our churches and and some of our teaching. I wish I could tell you today that the very first thing that John experiences is the street of gold. I wish the first thing I could tell you that John experiences uh, is gates of pearl or a crystal river. I wish I could tell you that the first thing that John experiences, a type of the believer, I believe, I wish I could tell you that the first thing he experiences is a glad reunion day with his loved ones. And by the way, uh, if anybody needed a glad reunion day, the apostle John did. You understand that John wrote the book of Revelation while exiled on the Isle of Patmos? And, uh, and, and probably as of this time when John, when the Holy Spirit is is, uh, inspiring John and John is writing the book of Revelation, do you understand that he is the last of the apostles? That probably by this time, all the apostles have been martyred. Peter, James, Nathaniel, Thomas, They've all been martyred for their faith. John is that last Mohican. He is the last one standing. And uh, you understand that, man, if anybody would enjoy a glad reunion day, John would enjoy a glad reunion day. Now, I would say this, all those things are coming. If you're here today and you're a believer in Jesus Christ, I've got great news. All those things are coming. Streets of gold are coming. A gate of pearl is coming. A golden city is coming. Uh, A glad reunion day is coming. All those things are going to come. Boy, thank God we're going to a land where there's no more cancer and there's no more Alzheimer's and there's no more rest homes and there's no more hospitals. And I'm so thankful for doctors, but doctors are going to be out of business in that fair land. And there'll be no insurance and there'll be no life insurance and there'll be no baby caskets and there'll be no graveyard that'll mar that fair land. Thank God we're going to a wonderful place called heaven. But I want you to see something, church. That's not the first thing John experienced. 
The first thing John saw, a type of you and me, is a throne. Now look in your Bibles, if you are Revelation chapter number four, look at verse number one. John says, after this I looked and behold a door was opened in heaven and the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up hither, rapture, come up hither and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. Look at verse two, verse two. And immediately, John says, and immediately I was in the spirit and behold, streets of gold. And behold, Gates of pearl. And behold, a glad reunion day. No. John said, and immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne was set. Well, notice that word. It was set. You know the implication there is the throne was purposely put in a specific, a specific place. Behold, a throne was set in heaven and one sat on the throne. I was trying to think how I could sort of get this in your mind. And, 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 and probably both these illustrations are, are a little lame. But uh, I was thinking about the first thing that we see is the throne. Have you ever done this? Have you ever played a game of Monopoly? And while you're playing that game of Monopoly, you had to pick one of the chance cards and you picked up one of those chance cards and it said something like this, Proceed to Reading Railroad, but first stop it, go, and collect $200. And I, I thought about that. Did you know that's how heaven's gonna be? Before you ever see the street of gold, before you ever see the gates of pearl, before you ever have a glad reunion day, before you ever experience that crystal river, before you're introduced to your mansion, before you see any of those things, I really believe this. I believe that we will first have to go by the throne and we will see the throne of God. Some of you have ever traveled by, by Amtrak or train. You've traveled by train. Maybe you left here, uh, maybe Salisbury, and you left Salisbury and you were traveling to Maryland or you were traveling uh, up, no, up north somewhere. And before you arrived to your final destination on that Amtrak train, you know what you had to do? You had to make several stops before you arrived at your final destination. Church, listen to me. Our final destination, our final destination is streets of gold. And our final destination is a mansion. And our final destination is a land where there's no cancer. And our final destination is a glad reunion day when I'll see my mom and I'll see my grandmother and I'll see my loved ones. Hey, I'm glad that's my final destination, but I got news for you according to the word of God. If what, I believe, what I'm reading is real and true and I believe it is, that means before we get to any of those things, we've got another stop we've got to make. And that stop is the throne of God. Now, I don't think you need any evidence, but I want to give you some anyway. Now, I want you to hold your place in Revelation chapter 4, but I want you to turn back with me, please, to the book of Acts. Acts chapter number 7. Acts chapter 7. We're going to go right back to Revelation here in just a moment, so hang in there with me. But you say, preacher, wait a minute now. You really believe, you really believe that when we are called away, that the first thing we're going to experience in heaven is a throne. That's exactly right. We're going to stand before the throne of God. We not only find this in Revelation chapter 4, we find in Acts chapter 7. How many remember the story of the deacon Stephen? Well, Stephen, Stephen's a, uh, Stephen's a preaching deacon. 
And boy, he's preaching the gospel. He's preaching the crucifixion. And the Bible says that, man, you talk about mad. It makes these people so mad that they, they, they run upon him and they begin to bite on him with their teeth. They begin to stone him with stones. Look what happens in Acts chapter 7 and verse number 54. The Bible says, and when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. That's the crowd he's preaching to. And they gnashed on him with their teeth. Now, folks, I've had people mad at me. I've never had anybody that mad at me. I mean, they're biting this deacon. And they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, look at verse 55. But he being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven. He's getting ready to make his passing. Look what the deacon Stephen sees first. He looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. Verse 56, and said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. You know what that's implying? The throne of God. The throne of God. Where is Jesus? He's on the right hand of the Father. Where is the Father? He's on the throne. And the very first thing that Stephen sees as he's getting ready to make his passing from the natural realm to the supernatural realm, Stephen says, the very first thing I see is not streets of gold. It's not a mansion. It's not glory. It's not all these things. The very first thing that I see is a, is a throne. And God is on that throne. Take your Bibles, if you will. Again, holding your place in Revelation. But I want you to turn back with me to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter number six. We have several people throughout the word of God. God gave them a heavenly revelation. The prophet Isaiah was one of them. And I want you to see, as God gives Isaiah this revelation of heaven, I want you to see the first thing Isaiah experiences. Isaiah chapter six, verse number one. Isaiah six, verse one, in the year that King Uzziah died, watch this church, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a, a what? Sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. And his train, that word train is, a, is his robe. And his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face. And with, with twain he covered his feet. And with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled, uh, was filled with smoke. Listen, church, before we enjoy reward, before we re re uh, uh, enjoy rejoicing, before we enjoy tranquility, tranquility, before we enjoy streets of gold, before we enjoy gates of pearl, before we enjoy a glad reunion day, I want to tell us something. We're going to pass by a throne, a throne. Now flip back over to Revelation 4, and I want to show you a few things real quickly about this throne, if I could, and I hope that they'll, I hope they'll be a help to you. How about this? Number one, the throne, the throne is secured. And when I say secured, what I mean by that is this. The throne is occupied. It's occupied. It's not an empty throne. Did you know that nobody's just going to sneak by into heaven? The throne is secured. It's occupied. Have you ever done this? Have you ever went to a company or you went to a, a plant or a factory or something like that, and there at the entrance they had a guard shack? But when you went to that guard shack, it was closed up. And there was nobody in there and you just walked right past the guard shack uninhibited, there wasn't a guard there. Now, I said that to say this, heaven's not gonna be that way. Yeah. 
This will not be the case with heaven. The throne is secure. God occupies the throne. God. Now, again, I don't know if I'm connecting or not, but I, I just, I just want to make sure that we understand something. People say, you know what? I just can't wait to go to heaven. First thing I'm going to do, first thing I'm going to do is see grandma. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful and I'm not trying to bust your bubble. But I believe according to the authority of God's word, the first thing you're going to see is not grandma. The first thing you're going to see is the throne of God. And that throne is secured. You say secured, occupied. What do you mean, preacher? Well, I wrote this down. The throne is secured by God. Look at Revelation chapter 4, verse 2. John said, and immediately I was in the spirit and behold, a throne was set in heaven. And look at this next line. And one sat on the throne. Uh, Who is that talking about, preacher? Well, let's read on. Verse three, and he that sat was to look upon like a jasper. Oh, this is good. Now this jasper that the Bible's talking about right here is a, a specific kind of jasper stone. It is a jasper stone that is that is so clear that it almost takes on the appearance of air. Uh, Revelation 21:11 says it like this, having the glory of God and her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone clear as crystal. And so John said, I'm, I'm at the throne. And he said, I see God. And he said, God looks like a, like a jasper stone. He is so brilliant. Have you ever done this? Have you ever, ever looked at a diamond and it was just absolutely astounding? I mean, it, it was just like, man, it was just like, it was absolutely beautiful. That's what John is saying. John said, I'm standing before the throne. And he said, I'm looking at God. And he said, God, it's like this. He's like this jasper stone. He is clear as crystal. He's, he's so pure. He's so uh, innocent. But then he says this. He said, also the sardius or the sardin stone. And that sardin is a fiery, bright, ruby stone. And so this throne is occupied. It's secured by God. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. We know that this is God. We know it's God he's talking about. You say, preacher, how can you be so sure? Because because John is getting ready to see Jesus. So Revelation 4, turn, turn over one page, look at Revelation 5. So God is on the throne, but John is about to behold the Lamb. In Revelation chapter 5, verse 1, he says, And I saw on the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside, civil seven seals, verse 2. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And no man, look, let's, look at this, church, and no man in heaven nor on earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And John said in verse 4, And I wept much. Because no man was found worthy to open to read the book, neither look their own. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not. Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, had prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And John says, And I beheld. And lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the, elder, uh, midst of the elders stood a lamb. Come on now, church stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. We learned what that is just a few weeks ago. The seven spirits of God is a type of the Holy Spirit. And so God, John says, you know what? Before I see mansions, before I see rejoicing, before I have a glad reunion day, before I enjoy a mansion, before I see any of those things of heaven, John said, the very first thing I do is I see a throne. And that throne is secured. And it's secured by God. 
But there's something else. Look at this. Number two. The throne is surrounded. Now, now just watch this, church. Again, I told you this is going to be a little teachy. Some of this is going to be a little teachy. The throne is not only secured, the throne is surrounded. Now, what do you mean, pastor? Well, first of all, it's surrounded by supernatural creatures. Now, they appear to be cherubim because they have four faces. But they also have the appearance of seraphim because they have six wings. And so these are some special, special creatures. Look, if you will, Revelation chapter 4, verse 6. We're going somewhere. And before the throne was a sea of glass like unto crystal. In the midst of the throne, around about the throne, were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion, and the second beast like a calf, and the third beast had a face as a man, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. So, so the throne that we're going to experience first, the throne is secured, and it's secured by God. But then we notice the throne is surrounded. It's surrounded by supernatural creatures. But hang on, hang on. You say, Pastor, what's that had to do with me? You're coming up next. It's not only surrounded by supernatural creatures, but it is surrounded by saints. Look, if you will, in Revelation 4, verse 4. The Bible says, and round about the throne were four and 20 seats. And upon the seats, I saw four and 20 elders sitting clothed in white raiment and they had on their heads crowns of gold. Now, somebody says, preacher, who is this? Who's these 24 elders? Who's the, the 24 seats? Well, most believe, or at least uh, uh, many do, that 12 of those seats are a symbol of the 12 tribes of Israel, those Old Testament saints that came in by faith. But the other 12 seats are a type of the 12 apostles of the Lamb, the New Testament saints. So again, I want you to understand that this throne is surrounded by these creatures and they look like cherubim, they look like seraphim, and, and, and they're, they're doing nothing but saying, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. It's surrounded by these supernatural creatures, but also it is surrounded by the saints. But church, this is what I want to draw out. What is it that these supernatural creatures and these saints are doing? Well, we notice here that they are heavily involved in worship. Look at Revelation 4 verse 9. Oh, yes. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne who liveth forever and ever. Look at verse 10. The four and 20 elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Did you know that it would probably be a really good thing for us to understand that the climate of heaven will be worship. The climate of heaven will be worship. Now, I believe, I believe that it's going to be comfort. I believe it's going to be many, many things. And, I, and we know that, that God's going to lead us to, to living fountains of waters. And I believe that heaven's going to be a, a wonderful place. But I want you to understand something, that, that the climate of heaven, the environment of heaven will be that of worship. It'll be saturated with worship. Now, you say, okay, pastor, what's that have to do with me? Listen, you might want to go ahead and start practicing your worship now. You might want to go ahead and start practicing your worship now. 
Listen, you know what I'm talking about? We are real good about getting excited at ball games. It doesn't even have to be a professional. It could be T-ball. They don't even keep score. And yet our little grandchild hits a ball off a pole and instead of running to first base, runs to second. And you know what we'll do? We'll throw our popcorn one way and our soda the other way and man, we're up and we're shouting and man, we're just having a time and we know how to, listen, we know how to praise at the ball game and we know how to, we know how to show emotion at that tear-jerking movie and this is all I'm saying. You know what? It is high time that God's people in America learn how to worship in the house of God. Let me, listen, let me tell you, let me tell you what this is all about, just in case you're wondering. This is not just something we do to go through the motions. We, my friend, whether you knew this or not, we are practicing for heaven. Well, don't go down to Calvary. Go down to Calvary. They just sing, sing, sing. You're right. We do. And we're planning on singing, singing, singing more. You know why? We're practicing for heaven. And I'm not trying to pick on anybody this morning at all, but I'm just telling you this. And I understand. You say, preacher, I don't have a good voice. I can't carry a, 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 a tune in a bucket. Well, thank God the Bible says make a joyful noise. But I would encourage you to do this. When you come to Calvary and Brother Brandon gets up here or one of these fellows get up here and say, take, you know, look up here at the stranger. We're all going to sing amazing grace. How sweet the sound to save the rest like me. Listen, I would encourage you to at least try to sing. Why? Because, friend, we are practicing for heaven. We're practicing for a place of worship. It's why we're a singing church. I'll tell you something else. It's why we're a praising church. And I know, and I'll pay tribute to this tonight, so I hope you'll be back. I need you to be back tonight. And people say, don't go down to Calvary. There are a bunch of holy rollers down there. Well, friend, it beats your dead thing any time of the year. I promise you that. It beats your funeral dirge any, any time of the year. And uh, people say, you know, when you go down to Calvary, man, people, I mean, people raise their hand, don't even have a question. I mean, they just raise their hand. And, and I, I saw somebody, I saw somebody wave a hanky the other day. And I even saw some fanatic get up and stand up and raise his hands and praise the Lord. And, and uh, listen, before you criticize that, what you might want to do is get in on that because I got news for you. When you go to heaven, it's not going to be like a funeral home. I'm telling you, it's going to be a place of praise. Oh, yes. Yes. So you know what? It's in order for you to say amen. It's in order for you to say glory. It's in order for you to say hallelujah. Hey, listen, that's why we're a singing church. That's why we're a praising church. That's why we're a preaching church. That's why we're a fellowshipping church. That's why we're a joyful church. Why? Because friends, we are practicing for heaven. Heaven's gonna be a place of worship. Worship. Church sort of like ours was having service. And I, I get it. Not everybody here. You say, preacher, you know, this is new to me. Calvary's new to me. This style of church is new to me. I never seen people stand up and wave their hand. I never seen anybody praise the Lord. Well, number one, I want to say, welcome. Yes. Welcome to church. But I understand. And it was a church about like ours and and boy, they, I mean, the Spirit of God just moved in one night and 
God began to work and the Holy Spirit began to move. And, and there were some folks that brought a friend that night and he was an alcoholic. And, and, uh, and through the course of that service, that alcoholic got under conviction. And, and I mean, in the, in, the, in the process of the service, that alcoholic walked the aisle and, and, and somebody dealt with him on the altar and he called on Jesus and asked Jesus to save him, asked Jesus to help him and deliver him. And, and, uh, and after he got done getting saved, he just sat back here on the front row. And boy, that service just got going. And I mean, people were singing. And man, people were praising the Lord and, and that, that, that former drunk, now saved, that former drunk was looking around and he saw somebody raise their hand and praise the Lord and he heard somebody over here say hallelujah and he, he saw somebody wave their hanky and man, he saw people wiping tears off their cheeks and man, people were just testifying and people were just praising the Lord and I mean, he was sitting down here, just got saved, just got saved but thank God the Holy Ghost of God moved inside of him and he was watching these people praise and watching these people have a good service and man, he could feel something starting at his feet and then it made his way to his knees and then it got up to about his midsection and you know after a while he just couldn't stand it anymore and he didn't know all the lingo and he didn't know all the terminology but he stood up and he said he said he said three cheers for Jesus rah 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 you say preacher we're too dignified maybe that's our problem we're too dignified it might not hurt a few people to stand up and say three cheers for Jesus, rah, rah, rah. You know why? Because, friend, we're practicing. We're practicing for heaven. A week or two ago, I told you the story about Miss Tammy and I. When we went to the Horizons restaurant there in Asheville, North Carolina, at the Grove Park Inn. Fancy. I mean, fancy, 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 fancy. And you heard me tell that story, and I won't go into that again this morning. But can I tell you one of the reasons that Miss Tammy and I really didn't enjoy that experience? It would have called that meal would have cost us about 150 bucks. But after that restaurant, we went to McDonald's and really didn't enjoy it. Wait a minute now. You know why we didn't enjoy it? We weren't used to it. We weren't ready for it. And because we weren't ready for it, we didn't enjoy it. You know what I'm afraid, folks? I'm afraid there's a lot of people that are filling our churches and they'll shout like a Comanche Indian at the Panthers game and they'll shout like a Comanche Indian for the L.A. Dodgers and the Atlanta Braves then come to the house of God and sit like a wooden Indian, never grunt, never say amen, never praise the Lord. I'm just telling you, one of these days when you and I get to heaven, it is gonna be a place of worship. You know what I think we ought to do? Start practicing that. The throne is secured. The throne is surrounded. We're done. But look at this right here. Look at this church. The throne is showered. Showered. Now, you say, preacher, what are you talking about? Showered. Look at this church. It is showered with the crowns of the saints. Look at Revelation 4, verse 9. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne, that's you and me, and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. You say, Preacher, what is, that, what is this about? You ever done this? 
Have you ever watched some type of performance on a stage? Maybe it was some type of a maestro or uh, somebody that was a, uh, a, a concert pianist or, uh, or just uh, it was an incredible performance. And they got up and, boy, they used their talents, and it was just absolutely incredible. And after the service or after the performance, people took roses and threw roses up on the stage. Encore! 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 And threw roses up on the stage. You know there's coming today? Oh, come on, church. Amen. Do you know there's coming today when before you see your mansion and before you see that street of gold and before you see those gates of pearl and before you touch that crystal river, there's a throne that we'll see first. And we'll see that one seated on the throne. And you know what? I believe, I believe that God will become so big. He'll be so big. You know what we'll do? We'll take off our crowns and we'll say, Lord, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve this. I'm a lowly sinner that should have went to hell. But thank God you love me enough to send your son Jesus for me. Lord, I don't deserve this, but you deserve it. You deserve all the praise. You deserve all the glory. You deserve all the adoration because you're big, holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty. And we'll praise the Lord. By the way, there is, there, is a, there is another implication there, and that's this. Before you can cast your crowns before the Lord, you're going to have to have some. Maybe that's why John said in 1 John 2, 28, now little children abide in him that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Oh, listen, church. One of these days when we finally get there. You know, don't get me wrong. John 14 clearly tells us he's preparing us a place. John 14 clearly tells us he's making us a mansion. People say, that's a room. That's not a room, that's a mansion. I've stayed in a room here on earth. I've never stayed in a mansion. I'm going to stay in a mansion. And so we know that's going to happen. We know that heaven's going to be a wonderful, wonderful place. But before we ever get to any of that, first place is a throne. We'll stand before God and we'll realize just how great, how great he is. A little boy was talking to his daddy and he said, Dad, he said, how big is God? How big is God? And so that daddy said, well, son, he was trying to think how he could explain this to his son. So he said, he looked up in the sky and there was a jet going through the sky. And he said, you see that plane up there? And that little boy looked up and he said, yes, sir. He said, well, it's tiny. It's little, daddy, it's little. He said, yeah. He said, I tell you what let's do. He said, let's get in the truck. And he said, I want to take you on a little a little field trip, and so they, they hopped in the truck, and a little bit later, they rode down to the airport. And when they got to the airport, there was a plane sitting right there on the tarmac, and the daddy said, son, you see that plane right there? How big is that plane? He said, dad, that plane's huge. Man, he said, that plane is so big. 
He said, it's a lot bigger than that little plane we saw up there in the sky. And daddy came over and put his arm around his son. He said, son, that plane is the plane we saw in the sky. He said, the reason, watch this now, church. The reason it looks so small is because you are so far away from it. But the closer you get, the closer you get, the bigger it looks. You know why God is so small to so many Christians? Because he's a long ways away. But church, I want to tell you something. If you ever get up close to him, just get up close to him. Start devouring that book right there. Start spending time in prayer and just start falling in love with God. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, God gets up real close. And you're thinking, wow, you're not small. You're huge. You're colossal. You're gigantic. And friend, I'm telling you, there's coming a day when we will see him in all his glory in heaven. And we will worship him in spirit and in truth. Let's bow our heads this morning. Father, we love you. And we thank you for your goodness. And thank you, Heavenly Father, for the truth of God's word. Thank you for the truth of God's word. Well, I'm not making small of heaven. I believe heaven's wonderful. God, I believe it's gonna, we'll have to have a glorified body to to withstand it. It's gonna be so great. But I do believe this. I believe based upon what we find in the Word of God. Before that glad reunion day comes, before we step foot in that mansion created for us, before any of those things, we will stop by the throne and we will stand before a holy and a righteous God. Lord, here's the question. Are we ready? Are we ready? Lord, are we laying up rewards? Are we serving? Are we dedicated? Are we sold out? Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. Just a few questions and we're going to let you go. How many are here? How many are here this morning? Preacher, if I died today, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm on my way to heaven. And if that's you, and you can honestly, honestly, between you and the Lord, give that as a testimony. Without anybody looking, you just slip your hand up and say, Preacher, it's me. I know that I'm saved. I know I'm saved. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can lower your hands. All right? Let me ask a second question. though. How many are here this morning would say, Pastor, I could not raise my hand, honestly. I wanted to raise my hand. But pastor, if I died today, I'm not 100% sure that I would go to heaven. And I care enough to slip up my hand and let you remember me in prayer. I'm not going to come back and embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. Who's like that today? Preacher, if I died, I am not sure that I would go to heaven. Would you pray for me? Would you pray for me? I see that hand. Is there somebody else? Somebody else. I see that little hand right there. Somebody else? Preacher, if I died, I'm not sure of heaven. Please pray for me. Anybody else? Anybody else? All right. I'm going to pray for these. But I want to ask another question. 
child of God, those that have already raised your hands and said, Preacher, I know that I've been born again. I know I'm saved. All right, here's, here's this question. Are you ready for the throne? Are you ready to stand before the throne? Are you serving? Are you busy? Are you active? Selling out. If that's not the case and you're here this morning and say, Preacher, I just don't know. Boy, if, if I had to stand before that throne at this very moment, I just, boy, I don't know. I just don't know if I'd be ready. All right? Here's what I would do before you leave this place. I want you to commit your life to Christ. And just find a place on this altar maybe and just say, Lord, I'm recommitting. Help me to be ready. Help me to be ready to stand before the throne of God. So would you do me a favor? If you're able to stand, would you stand with us all over the house this morning? Father, thank you for this time we've had together today. Thank you for those that are already making their way to the altars. Oh, Father, I pray that you'd help us to be ready. Lord, that throne is first base. It's what we'll see first. Lord, when the rapture of the church takes place, it's what we'll experience first. Help us to be ready. Help us to be ready. God, right now, I pray you'd work in hearts. Lord, I pray for these hands that were raised concerning salvation. I pray that you would save them. I pray that you would give them understanding. And then, Lord, I pray that you'd work in the hearts of believers today. And, Lord, help us to leave this place ready to stand before the throne. Father, some of our folks here this morning have loved ones that they care deeply for, and yet they're not ready. They're not ready. Lord, give us a burden for our loved ones. Give us a burden for our parents, our lost parents. Give us a burden for our lost children, our lost grandchildren. God, give us a burden for our co-workers and our neighbors. And God, help us to do everything we can to point them to Jesus and forgive us where we fail. Have your way in this invitation, Lord, please, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Is there somebody else that needs to make a move before we go? Are you ready? Are you ready? To stand before the throne. I'm thankful that we go to a church, I believe, that tries to help us get ready. Heads are bad, eyes are closed. Just for another moment, anybody else need to make a move? Anybody else? Folks are getting some help. If you're watching live stream right now, we're glad to have you watching. There's a number on the bottom of your screen right now. 704-327-5662 and if we can pray with you today about anything but especially about your soul if you'll call that number right now we have some people waiting by the phone who would love to speak with you and pray with you I hope you'll call us right now I hope you'll do that so Father I thank you for your blessings I don't know all that's transpired in the altars today but I know you know and so, Holy Spirit, have your way, have your way today.
and we thank you. Our heads are bowed right before we sing, right before we sing. If you're here this morning, say, Preacher, I have been saved, but I've never made it public. I need to make a public profession. Hey, you come on and we'll get your name. You can help. We'll help you in that. You're here this morning. Say, Pastor, I'm saved, but I've never followed the Lord in baptism. I need to be baptized. If you'll come today, make yourself a candidate for baptism. We'll help you with that. Could be you're here this morning and say, Pastor, I'm not the member of a good Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church, and we feel it God's will that we join with this local body. If that be the case, while we wait, just for another moment, time's not late. Listen, you come today while we wait.